0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Cells Podcast, the podcast where a comedian and a relationship therapist discuss all sorts of relevant issues related to dating, relationships and culture in this day and age. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Crush Organic CBD Oil, the top of the range in CBD oil products. I've been using their platinum oil for many months now, and it has worked wonders for my stress and for my sleep. Go to crushorganics.com, use the code NEEL, N-E-E-L. You'll get 40% off any of their products. So that's Crush Organics with a K. They've got a huge range of products. Everyone's using CBD oil. Uh, If you haven't used it before, make sure you just start off with a very small dose, two or three drops, and wait a couple of hours. See how you feel. Alrighty, Eliza, how you doing?
1: Everyone literally is using CBD oil. I swear, everyone I know genuinely uses it. At Christmas, I saw three people from my boyfriend's family gift CBD oil. It's just like the greatest thing
0: to so many people. My code?
1: No, and I said that afterwards. I was like, "Oh, you should have told me. I I can get you forty percent off. Use the code Uh, Neil." Um, uh. Yeah, no, she she bought it from um, a woman in Forestville that sells it out of like her home. garage or something (laughs) and I was like oh okay.
0: Where's Um, Forestville is that in the Central Coast?
1: No that's Northern Beaches.
0: Okay yeah okay.
1: (laughs) Why would does that change your judgment slightly knowing it's the Northern Beaches garage and not a Central Coast garage?
0: Slightly I'd imagine most of the Central Coast (laughs) garages are pretty (laughs) methy. Did you see
1: my um my Instagram post this morning I took Nelly to this dog park and I was so there's not many dog parks up here, and it was really amazing because we were in Sydney a couple of weeks ago and we went to this dog park and Nellie was such like a she was such a mutt compared to all the Labradors and like little sausage dogs there. And then this morning we went to this place. If anyone feels like driving out of Sydney, it's Carryong Dog Park, and it is incredible. There was literally like at least 50, 60 dogs there. And it's this giant paddock on a farm with a like little lagoon. And every single dog there is a pound dog. Like they're all Kelpie cross, um, mix like staffy mixes like Nelly. So it was so crazy just to see 60 dogs. They all look the exact same. And I was like, every suburb has like their dog breed. The Central coast are just all one together. And there was one woman there with a Pomeranian and it just stood out like a sore thorn. Everyone was talking about there's a Pomeranian here. I've never seen a Pomeranian. <laughs>
0: wow that's so wholesome a large paddock where dogs can frolic around and the owners can talk to each other honestly
1: we found it yesterday for the first time and i literally felt like i was in heaven the sun was glistening down (sighs) and there was like cows nearby and horses and a little farmer's market it was just so beautiful i've never seen my dog as happy as she was as well she's almost learnt to swim so the dogs are teaching her, which is very cute.
0: That's adorable. How are you going in. with her uh, training? Is she still a bit of a wild thing, or has she's, she getting, been she's getting
1: she's <laughs> getting pros and cons. She's getting really good. She stopped like destroying um everything, so she doesn't chew anything. She's really beautiful natured. Everyone that meets her is obsessed with her. Um, she's really like. Gentle and loving, but she still jumps on people when she meets them, and that's the biggest issue we have. So, if anyone has any tips, I know someone reached out to you actually and said she was a dog trainer. And did you email me that? Because I have to find this girl. And actually,
0: yeah, yeah, ask. and she's also you. a cat trainer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a couple. That was like a couple of months. That was ago, ages ago,
1: and I just remembered that. And I was like, I remember, I was like, shit, I gotta talk to this girl. Um, but now I'm actually gonna do it because. Well, it yeah. sounds like
0: you're making inroads nellie has been trained. Yeah, I think it's just time. She's just
1: like a little pound dog and she'd been in a pound almost her whole life. So she's just learning a lot of things. She's
0: out in doggy heaven. She literally has the best life ever. (laughs) That's adorable. Yeah. How nice of (laughs) you. Thank you. There's a there's a um, litter of stray cats just on a laneway outside my apartment block. And I've been feeding they come out at night and I've been feeding them. But oh. I think they're stray I mean, I assume they don't have collars And Aww. they look very scrawny And they uh, frequent uh, the little brothel laneway Near my apartment <laughs> So that. they're definitely hood cats um, <laughs> yeah. But they're very sweet They actually come and One of them actually came and ate some biscuits on my hand I don't know what to do Should I try and take them to a rescue place? Or should I just keep feeding You should them?
1: contact rescue places But... Be careful taking them to vets because I hear that they very frequently just get euthanized. Um, mm. But yeah, try and rescue places. I heard that even though there's eight bad Oh shit, man! Yeah, just eight adopt of them. them yourself.
0: I'm not adopting eight cats. I've already adopted one <laughs> in That's your enough. little
1: apartment. <laughs> I could like
0: maybe one other. I would consider it if I was uh, if I bonded with them. But there's eight of them. Okay, I'm not. Mm. You know, you can't cut my. You've seen my apartment. It's it's a one bedroom. I- I'm yeah. not having nine cats yeah. in here. <laughs> God, <laughs> Shorty would be so offended
1: as well. She's such like a princess cat.
0: Put I it on your need- Facebook
1: or your Instagram. I'm sure like so many people would step forward.
0: I could do that. I mean, I, again, I don't know if someone actually, you know, you can kind of, okay, they don't formally own them, but they might be feeding them sporadically and letting yeah. them stay in their place. So I don't know what to do, but they definitely look like strays. And, well, yeah. they seem nice. I'll try and feed them each night. And it looks like some people from the apartment block give them some water uh, every Aww. every night as well. So it's all very nice and wholesome right now, but we'll see. You know Uh, what you should do? is like,
1: you know how you have that kind of, I don't want to describe where you live too much, but that middle (laughs) outdoor section, like the courtyard. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah.
1: You should like migrate them into there so they can just be the apartment blocks. That's a
0: good idea, actually. I, uh, Because I could gradually, yeah, keep giving them biscuits and get them closer and closer to there because they're not far from there. That's actually a really good idea. All right. I will report back.
1: Yes. See how I go with that cute there. I can see Thank you've you also that. got um a brand new haircut there
0: yeah uh Very if you're cool. watching on YouTube have a look at my uh little kind of half mullet half oh Indian wow soldier from the 1700s look going on there
1: <laughs> swag boy
0: yeah I uh I was uh first I was kind of going for like a Jason Momoa style longer <laughs> hair but like with a little bit of an undercut yeah, but then uh, I put the ponytail up, and I really like it. I I kind of oh. like this look, so I might oh, stick yeah. stick with it. I might even go for an eyebrow slit.
1: Yeah, do it. Why not? That
0: Happy will quarter really life crisis. look intimidating, <laughs> wouldn't it? And then I could be like, Hey guys, I I uh, co host a relationship podcast, and I'm a vegan, and I look like I'm gonna bash you, so. Uh, Definitely a bit of half Jason Momoa inspired, but half there's this WWE wrestler called Roman Reigns. Kind of Polynesian inspired. Um, Got a few comments being like, are you Maori? And no, I'm not, but uh, I'm a lot smaller. (laughs) I'm probably the size of a Maori's arm, but uh, kind of got the hair going now. Does your
1: girlfriend love it? What does she think?
0: Yeah, she likes it. At first, when I told her, I've been wanting to do this for months and she was uh, (laughs) skeptical but uh, when I came home with it, she – well, she at least said she liked it, so I don't know. Aww. It sounds like uh, she does, but good. I'm not doing it for her. I'm doing it for me. I was
1: going to say, how much consideration would you take her opinion into when it comes to, like, hair and facial hair?
0: I would uh, take it into account for sure, but um, I wouldn't – it wouldn't be the be-all and end-all. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What would you would you if your boyfriend said, uh, "I want you to do it this way," or, or you know, it would be nice if you did it this way. Uh, what would you say?
1: No way. Unless he said, like, I think it's cute when you wear a ponytail or something. Yeah, that's okay. fine. But if yeah. he was like, I would prefer if you don't have this. I'm like, get fucked. Like he, since we moved up here, Adrian started not getting haircuts and instead just shaves his head with a fucking. What's the what? word I'm looking for? A razor, <laughs> a razor, like <laughs> electric one. it's cheap. Yeah, and it's just like he really has embodied such a Central Coast look now. And he obviously he works for himself, and he start. So when he started, he has he made his own like work t-shirts and had this nice longish brown hair. Now he's shaved his head and he's got fucking. Singlets and I hate singlets on guys. I can't, no one, I have never looked at a singlet on a guy and liked it. I don't know what it is. It gives me the biggest ick. And so he's out like dressed all tradie and he's got a little wow. s- speed dealer sunnies and a shaved head and a yes. singlet. I'm like, wow, you've embodied <laughs> the Central Coast to a T with his little pound dog.
0: <laughs> don't you think, so- someone said this to me the other day and I think it's very astute. Now the kind of middle and upper middle class are kind of culturally appropriating bogan looks. Yeah. All these private school boys are getting mullets.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, they've got mullets, but then they're wearing uh, R.M. Williams. What is that? It's kind of this gentrified bogan look. And now bogans are just getting normal haircuts.
1: I know, isn't it weird? Although oh, up here, like every single child has a mullet, but they're not like cute mullets. Like the North Shore private mm. school boys mullets, they're like the ones with a full shaved head and then really long, skinny layer. Oh, a bit
0: of a skull oh. yeah. It's
1: yeah. so gross. But yeah, it's a good point. And even with um women as well, like the kind of the '90s fashion is coming back in, and with that is that body shape, like stick thin um. Really, like low rise jeans, kind of almost borderline unfashionable, but really skinny. like I like to think of it like a a junkie kind of oh,
0: look is coming in yeah. and having like
1: no make, which is fine, obviously and shorter, no makeup, hair? shorter hair bags under your eyes, like it's kind of like a sexy, uh, grungy, so it is interesting how that's a good point are uh, we actually.
0: Yeah different strokes for different folks eh? yeah yeah
1: yeah, exactly
0: fashion the weird world of fashion i know and then i
1: don't know what's on your tiktok but like all over mine it's like be worried like body positivity is now out of fashion and (laughs) skinny is the only thing that's in with this fashion movement so (laughs) intensely um analyzed which i always find interesting like is it Is it accurate to analyze these things to this much depth? Because obviously there's Um, trends in society and they're influenced by things.
0: Yeah, it's more interesting to me where those fashion trends maybe come from and what they say about what we value as a society. And I think uh, something we're going to touch on maybe in this podcast or the next podcast, which is I put a story up asking women about what green flags in men are And a few did say men who aren't afraid to break out of uh, traditional gender roles. And I rolled my eyes at some of them, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. When they were like, oh, you know, a man who paints his nails and cries, it's, yeah, okay. Well, I hate to but say this,
1: Neil, uh, but I've been saying this to you for months. No, but, <laughs> And okay. when, I, when, they, when I saw those responses, I felt so validated. I was like, but I have been saying this on this podcast for so long that women are into <laughs> emotional men in touch with their feminine side.
0: Yeah, but then like I said in one of those uh, answers, there's a huge disconnect. There's a massive disconnect yeah. between what women say they want and then based on what men's experience is, uh, from from how they behave and what either works mm-hmm. or what seems to work well with women, there's just a massive disconnect. And, okay, I think the best way I think I can articulate this in a way that may resonate with you, tell me if this yeah. if this uh, connects with you. If you heard a man basically describe a pick-me-girl or a cool girl as their ideal person, right? So, you know, I just want a chick who, like, wears hoodies and eats pizza and is just, like, down to fuck all the time and, like, watches Star Wars, you would cringe, right? You would think, oh, like, this is a fantasy. There aren't a lot of women who are actually like that. This is this kind of male projection as to what the ideal woman would be. Would you... Would you feel that way? I would cringe
1: way? if he added on that she's also ridiculously hot and like tiny, but she eats pizza every single day. If he made a comment on how hot she is, I would absolutely cringe because I do feel like there's a lot of girls that are into hoodies and and Star Wars and no makeup, and that's fine, but the men reject those girls because they're not super sexy. They want like the really sexy girl to be like that. No, they love
0: those girls. What are you talking about?
1: What? No, okay. <laughs> they do no, you reckon? They love what girls?
0: The girls that are like, oh, they're so really, you know, they, they yeah, love Star when they're hot and they eat When pizza. they're hot,
1: they love them. When they're sexy okay, but- and good bodies, they love them. If they're not, they're not sexualized. They're just like, oh, she's a bit like awkward or she's a bit okay. dorky.
0: <laughs> I would apply the same to when women say that thing about, like, emotional men who, like, point, paint their nails or whatever. That's good when they're hot. Go! With, I want to see if there's, like, this, you know, five-foot-five, five bold, fat guy who paints his nails and is emotional, and let's see if women are, like, lining up to date him. That's do my question. I agree
1: that fat men and bigger boys absolutely don't get sexualized the same way that skinny, underweight, lanky kids kids boys do um so i do agree with that but i don't think that looks have that much to do with it i think like even though i always use fucking reality tv's show as a reference but i'm watching this one on netflix it's called 20 somethings in austin and it's basically where they put eight people together that are in their 20s to live together and they've got these gorgeous guys in this house and one of them is he's very like lanky and and dorky and shy he's a virgin and he's a he's a comedian well he's trying to be um mm. and he, all the girls have like crushes on him and f- had, like they're like oh I think he's a womanizer I think he's a playboy but they all have feelings for him and they're like oh he's so sweet he's so generous anyway they like genuinely fell in love with him especially when they found out he is not a womanizer he is actually an experience with women and he is that true like wears the glasses and just, like unfashionable kind of thing. So
0: media compared, and then the other guys does in the present house present fantasy. The, I'm not. Uh, uh, okay. Go, yeah. on, go on.
1: Well, the other two, the other guys in the house are like these super sexy, muscular, like model type guys. And yeah, obviously one of the girls is into them, but the rest are like, no, 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 I like that one. <laughs> so maybe it's both. Maybe it's equal.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I just think it's really interesting, the disconnect, you know. I just couldn't yeah. help. If you, all these answers, I'm like, Ugh. it's just what you expected. Some of them were pretty uh, standard, but uh, a lot of them were... You know, one was like, I want when I'm upset, I want him to be upset. And like when I'm happy, I want him to be happy. And I'm like, what are you 13 I years saw, old? Like, come on. She
1: means she okay. wants what these women are saying is what I've been saying all along that women like supportive and empathetic men. Yeah, I think she's worded it wrong but,
0: Okay, yeah, fair The way I, she I mean, worded it was a little
1: bit like cringy Because it, it sounds very self-centric When you say like, "I if I'm sad, you must be sad If I'm happy, celebrate me But I think she, the the underlining meaning Is that empathy is really important to her and compassion I found that there was so It's really interesting that you had that response And I was reading them thinking Wow, there is so much consistency in these answers I've been saying this all along.
0: <laughs> no, you have. And but, I know yeah. how it comes across when I say this and how a lot of men sound. But it just doesn't align with my experiences. Yeah, it just simply doesn't. And yeah. um, I'm one man, though. So, you know, tell me in the comments if I'm uh, unfairly well, maybe projecting you the male gaze onto. Maybe I'm you not, haven't look, come my... across
1: that way. Maybe you don't have those traits and you think you do. Or maybe they don't, they're not like overtly obvious. Like, I feel. Genuinely, it took me a really long time to realize that—not really long time. It took me a few times to realize you're actually a very like compassionate person. But you, when the first few times I met you, you're so so logical, and to some people that's intimidating. Like even to to me meeting you, I was like, God, I feel like this he could hate me. <laughs> like until you were like, Cool, let's do this. Let's do this podcast. I was like, Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Um, just because that's how you come across to me.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not trying to... That's what it
1: is. They're not like people aren't meeting you. I'm thinking, oh, my God, he's so, like, he's going to throw, you know, flower petals at my feet and be so in touch with his emotions. Like... Sure.
0: Okay. I I probably sound a bit uh, self-centered myself saying, well, I haven't experienced that. but (laughs) Your girlfriend
1: listening to this, like, what the fuck?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. But um, I don't think she listens. I don't don't know. She hasn't told me anything. But... um, (laughs) Uh, when when I guess okay this is probably the biggest thing that I wouldn't say it frustrates me it just it confuses yeah. me and I want to kind of get to the bottom of it and unpack it it's not just about my experiences and other men's experiences, right? When actual statistics and analyses kind of contradict what a lot of women say, that's yeah, when I kind of yeah, raise my eyebrows yeah. and think, oh, what's going on here? So uh, a really good guy is uh, Rob Henderson, who's this new, He's I think he's doing a PhD at Oxford or something like that. He's a very intelligent man. Right and he's very interested in sort of modern dating dynamics and he does a lot with another guy called chris williamson these guys are both fantastic they talk a lot about what i talk about and by no means do they come across as resentful or incel or you know those guys on youtube who uh complain about the fat single mothers that you know are asking for too much i mean they just kind of analyze the statistics and do point out some of the problems in the modern dating world. Uh, but it's very, uh, at least from my perspective, it's, uh, it's very fair. It's very balanced and it's very nuanced and intellectual. Yeah. And, and he's done these analyses that one of the photos, uh, sorry, not the photo, the, the, uh, well, there was a photo on Instagram, but this was a, from an actual study that said, um, if you are five foot six as a man, you basically need to earn something like $175,000 extra a year to have the same level of desirability as a man who's six foot four or something like that. So wasn't
1: that specifically about Asian men? that one no, i heard that, that before was another, or maybe it was no, a separate one no that was one. another
0: one that was if uh, you are an asian man you also need to earn something like an extra 200,000 to to be on par with a white man so look as a uh, yeah. 5 foot 7 asian man i'm really uh, yeah. <laughs> at the bottom of the ladder here but uh, mm. that's, no, you're that's not, the only Neil. thing that, no, you know
1: I, I, you I, had so much success on Tinder and things like that you and i think that even without being a personality you'd be Thriving once you had the confidence that you have now.
0: Yeah, I was, uh, I was joking, but that's <laughs> <anyway>, um, <laughs> Not, to, <laughs> not um, to make you feel awkward. Then I can't be like, well, that doesn't apply to me. I slay. <laughs> but I do, but anyway. Yeah, um, you do, yeah, yeah. Can't let, those, can't let those statistics define you. But yeah, yeah. I, ge- I guess point. that's where my frustrations yeah. come. It's so hard to have this conversation because I, I totally understand how I can come across. I'm sure a lot of the women listening are cringing, thinking, oh, this guy like basically disagreeing with like the bulk of his female audience when they're <laughs> saying this is what we're attracted to. But I just-
1: Story I, I, of women's lives, honestly. Men yeah, say, well, no, not right. <laughs>
0: I mean that's fair. That's very fair. That's very valid. But uh, I guess I don't guess. I it's just very peculiar yeah. to me when you know like legitimate statistics and analyses show yeah. something different. That I guess is where uh, I have my um, qualms with. I don't. I wouldn't mm. even say they're frustrations. And yeah, I, I've probably been a bit obsessed over the last few podcasts about <laughs> like or oh, you know the importance of masculinity and things like that. I think I've kind of come across as though I'm in favour of this very rigid meathead style way of being, which is absolutely not. I I just think, which I'm absolutely not in favor of. I just think you need a holistic approach as a man and you should embrace your sort of natural masculinity and have a healthy outlet for it. Mm -hmm. And I just, I find it, okay, I, I think I have the same response when a guy says, you know, I pair my nails and I'm like in touch with my emotions. I'm not like other guys. It's just, yeah. I feel like you're pushing other men under the bus. You don't mm-hmm. need to do that. Okay, yeah. like we get it, all right. You, like kinda, to me, it feels like, all right, this guy's just trying to be a pick me.
1: But yeah. I could yeah. be
0: wrong. I could be wrong and maybe in 10 years, every guy is gonna be painting their nails super skinny and crying all the time and I'll be the idiot. <laughs> who's not doing that still so, at the gym we'll see yeah. <laughs> working on its
1: fitness no exactly. neil you know what your thoughts um are very very valid and you are not like everyone in the sense that you are very very analytical so you're going to look at everything you're going to say well, show me the data that's always how you are and there is part <laughs> of there's so much research that indicates exactly what you're saying i do agree with that then that being said, though, there is other research that shows like, you know, it's like when women are showed photos of men based on their attraction, they want to know, well, is he sweet? Is he comforting? Is he this? And that they'll pick a less attractive man if they know that he's, you know, warm over Definitely. someone that's attractive, blah, 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 blah. And also the other thing I want to say is that I wonder what country these majority of these studies come out from, because I will say that good point. women in America, in my experience, are very, very very much like masculine men are men and anything that's not is, is not like every single reality TV show I watch with American girls. I'm always really surprised at the way that they view men and masculinity. So I think that, and obviously there's a lot more women in America than there are here and it's a lot more um, publicized and globalized their views. So I think that a lot of studies could come out and show more of showcase more of their views and also we live in a very progressive like we're in sydney australia so who know what would it be like up in i don't know
0: yeah Northern territory um, what are
1: the women's views up there absolutely who knows? Uh, yeah. when
0: you take into account class differences and yeah. cultural differences i i'm sure the preferences would be very different i think in yeah. uh, societies where uh, the disparity of income and wealth are quite pronounced uh, the mm. preference for I guess, more traditionally masculine features and also men who earn a lot more mm. uh, becomes heightened, which makes perfect sense. As women uh, earn more money, they're gonna put less of a premium on a man who earns a lot of money. So, although there's conflicting evidence with that one, some show that yeah. you know, women who earn a certain amount still want a man who earns more than them, but it's very, uh, there's, there's, there's evidence that, uh, sh- you know, that would suggest I- either narrative is correct. Uh, yeah. the other the other thing I uh, I found very interesting and I, I talked to a few people on Instagram about this, which was when people tend to say things like he's, he, you know intellectual intelligence or uh, is intellectually open I tend to wonder what that means because I was talking <laughs> to someone and I think I've had enough experience with people who say things like that, and I think I know what they mean. And what they mean is, oh, I want, I want someone who basically agrees with everything I say. That yeah. that that tends to be what it is when people say things like, and that's both men and women. When yeah. you, know, you hear people say things and like, and we do yourself.
1: always want people, except for you, we do naturally want people to agree with everything we say. You love a challenge. You love that back and forth. You, you're good like that, where you're really like, I'll be challenged. I'm happy to, you know. Most people aren't like that. Most people are like, no, listen to me. I'm an expert in this, you know? So right. I think that that's an, it is selfish, but it's a natural human want to be agreed with. And, but to, then to request that in a person is very, it's a bit of a red flag to say, like, I want someone that's going to agree with everything I say. That being said, I sure. can't say it's a red flag when I know that, like, my partner adrian literally does agree with everything i say maybe it's because we actually perfectly align in all our views or maybe he's a person that is just very much like yeah babe i'm sure yeah
0: (laughs) i I wouldn't say it's about look people but they don't directly say oh i want someone who agrees with everything i say i just can't help but feel there's a lot of dog whistles for that yeah so uh someone who's aware of you know the 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 norms of the world or how societies are structured i mean i think i know what Mm. that means That's someone who uh, adheres to the you know modern progressive cultural narratives of uh systemic this Mm. discriminatory that and that's all well and good but it 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 becomes patronizing when someone assumes you're unintelligent or lack intellectual rigor when you don't have that when you don't hold that exact ethos yeah and i know again i've talked about this on so many podcasts and then the other one i wanted to say is like i think emotional intelligence is quite a broad term right so a big one which i a lot of men need to listen to actually is um when i'm not complaining but when i'm being vulnerable and talking about my problems i want you to sympathize and not solve the problem now I don't necessarily think a man who's trying to solve problems lacks emotional intelligence. I think there's just a different emotional response there. I think when we talk about love languages, we should maybe try and start a conversation about whatever we can call emotional response languages or languages of emotion because some people just want their emotions dealt with in a different way. And I think men uh, should strive to just listen and sympathize and understand, even if it doesn't come naturally to them. And that's helped me so much in my interactions with partners and and on dates Uh, ever since I read, what was it? Men are from Mars, Women are from Venus, just the classic. But sometimes when men open up or when men are feeling upset, they actually want to be alone. And that also came about from that book. And that doesn't mean he lacks emotional intelligence or he's been... uh, Uh, taught uh, a a damaging uh, way to to deal with his feelings no I mean that could just be that man in particular doesn't want to be listened to or heard or understood he just wants to be alone for a while and do something in fact a lot of men are like that I'm like that Uh, when I have a lot of stress and uh, maybe anxiety and things going on in my life I don't necessarily want someone to just listen to me while I talk I kind of just want to I men really need uh, to feel it's not about feeling heard and understood they want to feel useful and needed and if they don't feel useful and needed they feel like absolute garbage and I think that's why the biggest killers of men due to suicide, or relationship breakdown and, and financial troubles. It's because... It's no
1: purpose, yeah.
0: Exactly, job and <laughs> yeah. wife slash family are the biggest yeah. purposes for men. And when mm-hmm. one of those is taken away or, you know, if both of them are gone, what does he have left to live for? And mm. so when a man wants to be alone and doesn't necessarily want to open up, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with him. It, it could, mm. it definitely could, don't get me wrong, but it could also mean he just wants to feel useful by doing something, by mm. building something, by fixing mm. something. And as cringy yeah. as that may, may be to certain people, that can actually be, if you give him that space, that can actually be very beneficial for him and potentially for the relationship. And I think vice mm. versa with uh, men tend to project what they want when their girlfriends are uh, uh, in, a, in a bad state. And that is solution-oriented talk. So, yeah. oh, hey, you're upset about this. Or how about you do this? Or how about you do this? Have you thought about doing this? And that's not yeah. what women want. As naturally as it comes to it. it comes to me naturally. I have to kind of teach myself not to do that. Mm. But uh, you should just listen and empathize and understand. And then if she asks for solutions, then I think you can go for it. But
1: yeah, or even to say, is this a, is this something that you want my support on and comfort, or is this something that you want me to offer solutions on? Like you can always be upfront. I think you made a really good point. Like a, the purpose is this. It's really, really important and essential to men. However, there can be kind of like a downside to that. Like, um, I know, um, when Adrian, he, he has, um, anxiety, he's like, whatever, he doesn't care if I talk about it. And he, um, went to a therapist recently just once and he, the therapist asked him, said, and he was like, what's, what gives you purpose in life? An Adrian was like, you know, having my family, like making a family. And I was like, we don't have a family. <laughs> like you haven't even started your purpose. But I just thought that was really interesting that his purpose wasn't something that he had even currently achieved, um, like children and things like that. That is literally what he believes to be his life purpose. But that being said, even day to day purpose, when he obviously he works for his own um company or his own business as a landscaper. And if there's a day where he has off or he doesn't have work, he's always, always like anxious because he can't relax. He can't just say like, this is my day off to do nothing. He always feels, he feels if he's not like achieving things and having a purpose for that day that he's not Succeeding, or he's not or He's doing a shit job and he starts to question a lot of things, which a lot of that is anxiety. But I do find it interesting that when I have a day off, I will literally sit and do nothing or go to the beach and read or whatever. When Adrian mm. has a day off, he gets his whiteboard out and he's like, hang washing, do the lawn, clean this, fix this car, take Eliza's car. Like <laughs> he has to basically do a day of work to feel productive. And I have seen that in a lot of men. I have seen I'm that like in a lot that. of my previous boyfriend. Yeah, you're a bit like that as well. You're a very like productive person. You're always doing things and learning things, bettering yourself. You're always into like your fitness. You're always reading stuff. Um, Do you ever just do nothing?
0: Uh, Yeah, but I plan that. (laughs) <laughs> i sort of <laughs> will have to, I, to for me to justify doing nothing i have to feel like i've achieved enough that day and then i can yeah my my at the end of the day i watch an hour of youtube and just lie on the couch that's my end of the day and that's when i do nothing but
1: are you watching something on youtube where you're like learning or are you watching something? yeah obviously
0: but it's still <laughs> it's not intense learning it's you know okay. it's like fast food gentle learning, learning. okay yeah but <laughs> yeah, again that so, yeah. so that's really interesting that you say that about him because that is quite normal for a lot of men. I'm I'm definitely like that. And then the question needs to be, uh, okay, is this actually harmful for men? And do we need to make men a bit more like women where they're able to just disconnect and and have some time off? Or is, is there something intrinsic about being a man that constantly feeds this need to have responsibility and have a purpose? And we should actually encourage that and nourish that and, 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 create an outlet for it in a, in a healthy way. Uh, mm. That I think is the big question that society needs to ask. And I am clearly biased, but I tend to think it's the uh, it's the latter because yeah. I've never felt good after just doing nothing and even talking about yeah. my problems. Sometimes I do, but I, when I feel useful and needed and accomplished, that's when I feel the best. That's when my mental health is the best.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting, and I remember you talked about this a couple of weeks ago. How you feel really good looking after you know your partner or whatever when she's upset sometimes. And I was saying women feel really good too because you know we're nurturing, compassionate, and obviously with um Adrian has just mild anxiety that kind of flares up sometimes, and I often am that person that will look after him and be very nurturing and be like, what can I do for you? Blah, 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 like fuss over him. And recently I've been unwell for like a couple of weeks and Adrian has very much had to like step up and do this. He's been doing everything for me, but he loves it. He's fucking thriving. He's like living his it's best life. He's had it, zero man. anxiety. He's <laughs> just like, what can I do for you? Can I just like trying to look after me and everything? And it's so interesting. I feel like. Any, any purpose that he takes and well men in general at times is so fulfilling but I also wonder how much does anxiety play into that and how much does like a type a personality fit into that as well I'm very type b I'm very much like I will prioritize my relaxation and self-care and I will do anything only when I have to <laughs> so, absolutely
0: but you're very yeah. uh attuned to your Uh, mental health and your your body and all of these things that a lot of men are not and Mm -hmm. most women in in general are much better with that sort of stuff. Uh, When women uh, lose their job usually it doesn't result in a major crisis they often take up volunteering or they do community work and they haven't lost their major purpose or drive in life. Yeah. Generally speaking. Yeah. Uh, But for men it's it's very different and if there are any young boys listening to this i think try and find uh an identity and a a purpose outside of what will inevitably be a career and a and a significant other you shouldn't Mm. just focus on those two i mean when Mm. you are in full-time work and you have a family that will be taking up probably most of your time Uh, but if you can have a purpose outside of that uh it could Mm. be you know working in a charity organization or creating art uh, working on hobbies, whatever it may be, um, that will really give you a uh, uh, an extra arm to your uh, mental health, I suppose, and, and definitely, just a, a, yeah, a, just extra armor if if, if things. You know do what go I wrong. think it
1: is? Is I think that men tend to align their purposes to something that someone else can very much validate in them like your job um, you rely on your income the continuation of your work your boss and things like that not verbal validation or financial validation or anything like that just that security of that ongoing I have this purpose on my relationship I have this purpose because someone else is involved it's really important to have an individual purpose that does not rely on if that person or that job or something falls down, your identity isn't going to fall down with it. Obviously you can be heartbroken, you can grieve and things like that, but you shouldn't lose yourself completely as a person if something is taken away from you. And, you know, I'm saying that as something that I've like literally dedicated my entire life and eight years of studying relationships and relationship therapy. And I'm relationship obsessed, but I know that, you know, obviously I've talked about when my relationships have broken down previously, I've always been a bounce back girl. Like I'm always like, you know, it wasn't meant to be, or maybe it was. It was meant to be for that period of time. Um, think what a beautiful relationship I learned so much. So not letting it tear you down to absolute shreds where it will take you years and years to get back up to it or where you were or when you go through that. And a lot of men do go through this when they're two years past a relationship breakup or even more, five years. I have had so many guys message me that listen to this podcast say like, I'm 26 and I still really miss and think about this girlfriend I had when I was 19. Like it's very, very, common for that, that many years later where they're still contemplating it and thinking about it. And I've said this before, but like, I feel like it's the underlying thing here isn't necessarily purpose, but men are driven by avoiding things that make them feel shameful or ashamed. And if that's losing your job or, or fucking up a relationship or losing the one, it's that shame that is so deeply intrinsically driving men. Um, like and for women, the equivalent is avoiding abandonment. So that's why you know women get scared, saying like, "Are you gonna leave me?" or worrying about him leaving me and over and getting upset about that when there's nothing there. And then you say one thing to a man, being like, "Oh, you know, I just thought I thought you were a little bit better than that." And then it like hits him like a truck. <laughs> the shame. So it's a. It's interesting, yep. the difference there. <laughs> it is. Do you, does that it, resonate to you? Oh,
0: absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Everything you said there is entirely correct and definitely resonates with me. I think in one of our very early podcasts, I still remember a moment where I asked you, hey, after your relationships, have you ever had the feeling of I failed? And you said no, and just no. <laughs> that wasn't even... <laughs> close to, to the feeling it had. And I was honestly jealous. I thought, oh, I, I wish I had gone through my breakups without feeling like I'd done something wrong. And I yeah. have to start over and, and figure things out again. Because I mean, even my last breakup, I read a plethora of books just trying to figure out exactly mm-hmm. what I did wrong and how I can mitigate against that in a future relationship. That is such um, a you response. Yeah, no, but but I never once had the had the uh, mantra of oh it just wasn't meant to be, yeah. especially because I was the one who was broken up with. Yeah, and I put a lot of value in you know being knowledgeable about these things. So I suppose yeah. it, it hurt me to it even greater extent because I felt like all this work I've already done was fruitless and. Actually, that manifested in quite, I can now look back and see, uh, you could argue a pretty unhealthy way in that I really didn't want her to leave me because I just felt like an abysmal failure. And then she felt she was being manipulated. And, and, you know, I can see that. That wasn't my intention, but I can now see that from her perspective. Uh, And it was a mess but you know yeah you, you live struggled and you a learn. Lot during that. yeah you live and you learn but those green flags were very interesting I guess the last yeah. thing I'd say is ah, uh, look I was a little bit disappointed especially when I asked the question like hey maybe you've had a really stand out one night stand what what did the man do <laughs> oh, yeah. that was a green flag and no one said anything that was juicy or explicit and Can you
1: specify next time Women are always going to have an emotional response You should know that You should be really specific Being like what's a green flag for physical intimacy And Uh, also next time you do these Can you uh, It's just me dictating this Sorry you don't have to But you should ask What is your age and where are you from So I feel like it'd be interesting to see If there's a common response amongst 18 year olds Compared to 25 year olds or 30 year olds I think will be really interesting
0: well, most of my audience is 18 to my age, 18 to sort of 26, 27. But so. you have
1: some – I see some people saying I'm from America and replying some, to you. yeah. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, I get a lot because I've done – i well, look, I've, I've been making content now for 10 years and I've done all sorts of different wow. things. I, I uh, yeah. made those short films that I still have a lot of American conservative followers from and, and yeah. then I've made a lot of uh, culturally, u- uniquely Australian content that has – uh, generated a large Australian following, so it is a very diverse,
1: yeah, uh, massive audience,
0: and I really like that. And I think the audience to this podcast is also like that, and yeah, uh, it's it's great. And speaking of the audience to this podcast, we have got a question here. Yay! We are already forty-three minutes into the podcast, but uh,
1: <laughs> long intro.
0: <laughs> I can't imagine. I we, so so disclaimer. This is a question specifically about a, a gay gay relationship. So we're both straight. Um, well, I, I Eliza <laughs> went on some dates, so I don't know. But I'm straight, and yeah, I think everyone's look. Everyone's bisexual, just yeah, to what degree? It's a but,
1: spectrum, yeah, spectrum.
0: Bicurious, yeah. Let's just say we're cis-heterosexual for the sake of this. Yeah, yeah, we're all of that, whatever the labels are (laughs) now, but we uh, can't tell you with full confidence that we can answer this with the best knowledge possible, okay? But this is coming in from N. Hi, Neil and Eliza, big fan of your podcast for a while and I really appreciate your insights. Some background info about me. I am 21 and have been with my boyfriend for nearly two and a half years. We are both dudes, by the way. Uh, I don't know why that's just funny The way he said that Put it in brackets (laughs) I had previous sexual experiences with some guys Before we go into our relationship But my partner hadn't So normally in gay relationships Someone tops, the fucker And someone bottoms, the fucky Now those are better terms All right, For any gay guys listening Rather than calling them top and bottom Please start calling them the fucker and the fucky Especially the fucky That is hilarious (laughs) Okay, when my partner and I first got together, I explained that I don't consider myself a bottom and then I, I, I would be interested in topping and he said he understood, but preferred to top because I enjoy both. I was happy to bottom, but now that we've been together for a decent amount of time, I'm getting frustrated that he doesn't want to try bottoming. We've spoken about this a number of times and he has explained that he doesn't think he'll enjoy it and that he doesn't want to do it. He's literally the perfect boyfriend. We are basically perfect for each other, but it would be a lie if I said I wasn't torn between respecting his wishes and being frustrated that a sexual avenue that I want to explore has been closed off. I was hoping you guys could give me some advice on what to do, because I don't want to. I don't want this issue to cause us to split, and we have both been very open with that. We want this. It's just that in this area, they aren't the same thing. Also, I realize that the majority of the listeners will be straight, so I suppose you could use my example to transition into a broader discussion on sexu- sexual incompatibility, if you wish. P.S. I think it would be really interesting if you guys would do a different podcast in the future, where you discuss the key differences that either of you have have observed between straight and same-sex relationships Mm. and what you think they can learn from each other. Once again, love the podcast and hope you guys are doing well.
1: Thank you, Anne. That's a good, that's a really, really good question. And I'm really happy that we've actually had a few people ride in from same-sex relationships because if we don't talk about it enough. And obviously that's because I feel like I can't do it enough justice. Um, I don't have as much experience and knowledge. In same-sex relationships, um, but I do like it. I can't remember if it was someone that messaged me or if he wrote into us one time, and he was like, "I love listening to your podcast and listening to the drama of like heteronormative straight relationships, so the dynamics of it." He found it really entertaining, so um, I love that. But yeah, it's mm. I think. In the LGBTI community, it is very, very common to have these roles where one is a top and one in the bot one is a bottom, and you know then there is a small percentage of people that consider themselves a switch, like N maybe, who can do both. Um,
0: By the way, I'm not sure if it's N or M because he's got a different oh, M? email name and a different name that he's put in the email. So
1: let's just call him Mike.
0: Yeah, Mike sounds good.
1: Okay, Mike, sorry, I was saying the wrong letter. (laughs) Awkward. Um, But yeah, so for those who don't know, a top is usually, oh, I don't know if if I have to explain it, the fucker and the fucky. Use your imagination, look it up, Google it, watch some videos, you know, open your mind a little bit to it. Um, But I think that for a Coming in from like, you know, straight people listening to this that have no idea about this dynamic might be really surprised to hear how like how is this an issue or something like that. But there are many gay men um, that are toppers or or tops and have never, ever in their entire life been a bottom. Um, so they they often stick entirely to their um their, their main position or whatever they are comfortable with. Um, so I do know that. And I also know that in, in gay relationships, it's often expressed or communicated very, very early on or sometimes outright or sometimes in their profile. I'm a top or I'm a bottom so that that compatibility is matched straight away so you don't get invested in someone where you're both bottoms or you're both tops and there's an issue there. So I will start with that. But Neil, do you know anything like about that, have you heard of this concept before? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I know about tops and bottoms and twins. And it's
1: the same for lesbian relationships too. They often have a top and a, top and a bottom. And I guess like the equivalent will be the top is the more dominant one. The top is the one that um, kind of puts all the action in and the bottom is like the pillow princess at times. Um, so it's it's a really hard dynamic to balance when there's an issue here between the two. And there's a, there is a well, compa- sexual compatibility issue there.
0: Yeah, You know, in ancient Greece, they uh, didn't see sex as between a man or a woman. They just saw sex as someone was fucking and someone was being fucked. I love that. So there that. was a fucker <laughs> and a fucky. Whoever orgasms the most... is the
1: one that's being fucked.
0: Exactly. Well, hopefully. <laughs> and that was one of the most <laughs> prosperous civilizations in human history. So, Should be well, more like that. just my brief thoughts on this. It just sounds like your partner is being a bit selfish, to be honest. I don't really know what else. If you've communicated that you want to try that, but he doesn't even want to, he's not even open to the idea, even though you expressed it at the start of the relationship, that would be very frustrating. And I wouldn't know what to, if if it sounds like you've actually tried communicating it and you've tried talking to him numerous times and, and it's not really getting anywhere, so... I, I I don't know what to do after that. What would you, what advice would you? Well, do? I
1: get what you mean. And in my first, before I even reflect or kind of logically think about it, I would probably sit in that same opinion. Oh, this person's being selfish. It's all about give and take. But think about like, if this was a different type of relationship where a guy is saying like, it's really, really important for me to have super rough and violent sex with my girl. And she's saying, I'm not into that. Who's in the wrong there? It's one of those situations because even though, you know, being a top isn't, I don't want to send that stereotype that it's violent or aggressive. It's not at all. Well, it can be whatever you like, but have, having res- or receiving anal sex can be a very like intense or personal experience for that person. And some, not everyone wants to be able to experience that. And people are uncomfortable with that. Some people don't enjoy it. Not everyone, even though men have pee spots, not every man enjoys anal sex. And that definitely happens in the gay community as well. It's a common misconception that all gay men love anal sex. I know gay men that have never had anal sex or don't do anal because they don't enjoy it. And I know guys that are only tops for that very reason where they don't want to receive anal sex at all because they don't like it. So do, do you risk having that person by saying, well, it's not fair, you need to receive it as well, but what if that feels violating to them? What if that's really painful? What if it's really uncomfortable? What if it's something that is triggering to them?
0: That's What fair, do you do about then? But yeah. I just think that's a bit different because if you're six months into a relationship and a boyfriend says that I want rough sex, I want to be, the, I want to do this, and you're not letting me do it, but uh, Mike has said this from the start of the relationship, and so if that other person was uncomfortable with that sort of thing, they I feel like it was on them to make that clear when, when Mike expressed I think he has. I feel par- like he has. He
1: said, we've been talking about it multiple times. So I feel like the other person has actually been expressing from the get-go or at least consistently that this isn't something I'm comfortable with.
0: But he said, when my partner and I first got together, I explained that I don't consider myself a bottom and that I would be interested in topping. And he said he understood So Uh, that's that to me, that's the key point there. Okay. If you've said that at the start of the when you first got together, and then he said, I understand, but then, well, he doesn't, I don't know, it just seems like he doesn't understand. Or he, maybe, look, Eliza's correct. Maybe there's some, there might be some reticence there for, for a deep, you know, there could be some deeper issues at play, but it just seems a bit, I would be very frustrated if I had made something like that clear at the start and someone had said, yeah, I totally understand. And then they're not Mm. willing to at least try it. That would be pretty annoying.
1: Did it also say that his boyfriend had limited or no sexual experience? Or did I imagine that?
0: Yes, it did. So that's, okay, that's something. Yeah. To take into account. Yeah.
1: So that I think kind of weighs out that this is what I'd like in a relationship versus, well, this person hasn't yet to have any sexual experiences. And to put a kind of like straight twist on it, let's just say most guys would be willing or into or sexualized having anal with a girl, right? But Mm -hmm. what if that girl says, well, you get to put your dick in my ass. Can I peg you? Most guys are like, no, I don't want that. And not necessarily because they're like, oh, that's gay. They just don't want that. They don't want that dynamic. They don't want the feminine to be asserting their dominance over them or whatever, or they feel like that's going to be uncomfortable and painful to them. Some guys love it. Good for you. But some guys don't. And should that girl say, well, if you get to do this to me, I have the right to do this to you. Or should that girl say, "Okay, this, you know, I'm not going to force it if you're really uncomfortable. Would I encourage exploring it? Yes. Um, but that's, that's my personality. That's my advice is be open-minded, be curious, see, like there's a lot, a lot of baby steps you can do, obviously leaning up towards anal sex. And I'm only assuming here as well, that anal, that by topping, he means by having anal sex, because you can still be a top and have, um, uh, you know, be getting oral sex, um, rather than Receive rather than giving it which is another thing like you know some some men i know some gay men that don't have anal sex at all one is still a top and one is still a bottom and the top is the guy that's getting his dick sucked and the bottom is the guy that is doing it but they don't switch roles (laughs) ever so one guy's going his whole relationship without getting head um that's obviously not like a super common thing but of course it happens just like in in, uh, in straight relationships, sometimes guys are like, oh, I'm not into going down on girls. They suck, but they're there. Um, and s- same for girls. Some girls are like, I do not like giving head.
0: I, I, I totally yeah. agree with all that. I just I still think the, the major difference with this situation is he made it clear at the start of the relationship. And uh, coming back to your example about the pegging thing, if uh, I was talking to a girl, I was in the talking stages, and she said, you know, usually uh I uh, like to be the pegger, but I'm happy to uh, let you, you know, fuck me. But you know, I'd like to try it in future. And then, in when that future mm. came, I said, no, 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 I don't want to do it. I'm not comfortable with it. Then that, I think she'd have every right to say, well, I, you've you've sort of misled me a little bit. I don't. I think that's very different to say, you, you know, you're you're already in an established relationship, and someone's not willing to pursue something that you're inquisitive about. I just think mm. uh, I, I I understand his frustration here. And yeah, I think he's got to, yeah, I mean, if you get angry at someone when they're not willing to do something like this, that's never fruitful. But uh, maybe it, explain that, hey, look, we we spoke about this at the start of the relationship and I feel, you know, how do you feel about that? I would feel hurt. I would feel like I've been not led on but yeah well to a certain extent yes like i mean you you said like we we talked about this and and you've gone against that and that would be really hurtful and i would feel deceived so i would express that in a way that may might not come across as a as a you know as a strong attack and i, I would just try and have a nice conversation about it and and keep trying and then but then if it look if if it's something that he he's still not willing to do or even try and explore and he's not really giving you a a a a nice reason for it and when I say nice reason like Eliza said maybe there's uh he he realized after he's become sexually active that's just not something I'm really comfortable doing mm-hmm. uh that would be a bit more uh you know that would give me a bit more sympathy for for your partner but if his reason is just no, I don't want to do it. Then, then it may be something you got to either just accept or yeah, seriously think about. That's I agree. I g- well,
1: I agree with the part that it's going to come down to you either have to accept it or you don't. And I'm very very cautious of we cannot convince people or we shouldn't convince people to partake in sexual activities that they're not comfortable with and if they're not comfortable even it's like you know women can initially say yes to sex and then if they say no and withdraw their consent then no means no it's the same in this situation he may have initially said yeah i'm open to it and now he's withdrawn that and he's saying actually i'm not it's the same no means no and we need to respect mike's partners you know in, in saying I'm not comfortable with this and I agree that it's great to have healthy conversations and it seems like though Mike's had multiple open conversations with about it he's not getting the answer right that he wants so how many more yeah. conversations can Mike have before it's actually becoming pushing someone and trying to convince them into doing a, a sexual physical intimacy you know activity that they are very uncomfortable with clearly. Um, so it is something that I think you have to tread very gently about and think, are there other ways that we can explore this? Is it particularly the anal sex that Mike is wanting to experience or is it the experience of being a top with the whole, I'm gonna be dominant, I wanna take control, I don't wanna be like, um, receiving all the time are there other ways can you do that can you do that orally and get that same satisfaction and also is does it go deeper than that in that Mike is only attract uh, sorry Mike's partner as the top currently the top may only be attracted to Mike as the bottom and he likes that bottom personality and which is very you know common and we see in gay relationships there's sometimes there's Um, a guy that is more masculine and sometimes there's a guy that's more feminine and that the masculine guy is off in the top and the feminine guy is off in the bottom. And that's, you know, that's not always the case, but it sometimes is. And is it that Mike would feel, you know, uncomfortable or threatened or turned off? I'm sorry, Mike's partner feel uncomfortable if, if Mike became the dominant partner. Is that what it is? In which case, if I think it's that personality that comes with the top and the bottom, I think it's fine and healthy to challenge that. But if it's the actual, if he's uncomfortable with the actual physicality of having anal sex, then I think that that needs to be respected. Uh, Did I describe that okay?
0: Yeah. I I think I got
1: a bit muddy there. What I I basically was saying is, is Mike's partner saying no to being the bottom because he doesn't want Mike to be dominant or is it because he doesn't want to receive anal sex? Sure. And I think that they need to be handled differently.
0: No, he shouldn't. It shouldn't. The partner should never feel like they have to do something they're not comfortable yeah. with. But, uh, I, you know, Mike wouldn't be in the wrong if he said, okay, well, I can see that you're not comfortable with that, and you yeah, know, f- f- from my perspective, we spoke about this at the start of the relationship, and yeah, so this just feels uh, a bit unfair to me, and 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 maybe we can't be together or. Uh, if he does accept that and still wants to be with the partner and, and, you know, the the emotional intimacy and everything else about the relationship is great. I wouldn't, you know, don't do not do any, don't make any drastic decisions yet, uh, but then you can't hold on to resentment. And that's the big thing. If you have accepted, yeah. like, I still want to be with this person and okay, that sucks that I don't get to play out my ideal sexual role in this relationship, but the worst thing you can do is then hold on to resentment and then every time yeah. there's a fight, you let that out at the, at the partner. And then you kind of yeah. have to do a bit of work actually you have to do a bit of inner work and, and maybe some, I am always a big, uh, advocate for affirmations or, um, you know, j- journaling, whatever it may be to just sort of be at peace with the fact that you're not going to get this from this particular partner. They're, uh, they're not fulfilling that one particular urge that you want fulfilled, but, you want to try and focus on all the good things about your partner and still maintain a very healthy and happy relationship and holding on to resentment will not be fruitful in that situation so it just comes down to what you're willing to whether you're willing to sacrifice that uh to still be with this person uh Mm. or if it's something that is really important to you and and you maybe do feel like you were Deceived to a certain degree, then it it might mm. be something you have to seriously consider as to whether or not you really want to be with this person. Uh, but yeah. again, d- that's not a decision to be taken lightly, and I would definitely recommend talking to friends and family and not just the two podcasters who don't know you personally. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, I totally agree. No one, without a doubt, no one should ever be coerced into something they're not comfortable with. But I think this one's just very different because they have discuss that at the start and sure that can be with that sort of people can change their minds and and they can withdraw that sort of thing but then uh, you know if someone then feels bad that the other person either rejected them or broke up with them because of that I don't think that's fair either to make the other person feel bad oh yeah you know if I if I say I'm going home with a girl or something and then it's been very clear that they that she's into me and maybe we've even talked about Sex already, or something, and then you know she does change her mind or she withdraws that consent, then that's totally fine, and no one should ever push that. But then you know, I'm perfectly in my rights to be like, All right, c- c- you know, I don't want anything then, like, I, I, you can, can you leave, please? Like, that's not, I don't, you know, it's not, I don't, know not here what to else make I you grilled do cheese <laughs> in that situation. Like, I, sh- I don't yeah. think the person who then has reneged on that should should be protected from feeling bad about that either i think they should absolutely be protected from whatever they don't feel comfortable doing but but then you know people should also uh risky
1: (laughs) risky statement i reckon in my opinion i have been if i have said no to men and they have made me feel bad about that i find that really disgusting um but i get that he can feel internally he can be pissed off being like oh fuck she was leaning me on whatever that's fine but if he's like oh i find this manipulative because you said you blah 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 or something like that i think like get get the fuck over yourself like that's how that's my opinion that i find that disrespectful um if someone withdraws consent to a sexual activity and you make them feel bad about it and say well well, i
0: wouldn't say you make them feel bad but if they inevitably feel bad when when you then say i don't i don't want you know I that's can't if you I can't say, well, be I in a relationship wanted... with someone when yeah. I when I've made that clear that this is what I've wanted and then yeah you suddenly don't want that well then I don't want this relationship then then yeah. if that person's yeah. like oh you're making me feel bad well then I would argue that's kind of manipulative it's like yeah. well I have Absolutely. every right to say no I don't want okay maybe that one night stand situation was yeah pretty I- extreme not but at the, the same example. time it's not <laughs> I, I don't I, I still don't think sure I wouldn't like kick someone out but like you know yeah. i i don't i don't know what what it, what's the like you know gentlemanly thing to do in that situation like what you know what uh that's a different yeah. podcast there but i don't think you know it's someone should then necessarily be protect i don't think people have the right to not feel bad about certain situations uh i think people if people are uncomfortable about doing certain things then yeah abs- like no one is arguing with that like that no one yeah. should be pressured into doing that but then if someone is a bit annoyed at that or something then well that's a pretty to me that's like a pretty natural reaction yeah I don't know what yeah Mike to do. is
1: completely valid in feeling frustrated and he's valid in feeling if he feels unsatisfied or he doesn't get to explore his own sexuality, it's totally valid just as Mike's partner is valid in saying this isn't something I'm comfortable with. And I think at the end of the day, it comes down to like what you said, is it something that you can sacrifice and maintain a healthy, happy relationship with? Or is it something that you're like, I need to value my sexual exploration in a, in a relationship. I need to value, or uh, well, prioritize openness, um, shared experiences rather than being boxed into one only position or experience. So Either way, no matter what way you go, you're valid, but you're not valid when you're trying to think, are there ways that I can convince my partner to do this sexual act that he doesn't want to do? So I think that as long as you don't have that particular mindset, if you're saying, well, I want to see if there's options there, I want to talk about it, I want to explore it with them. If it's going to be no, 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 at the end of the day, it's going to come down to Mike and and what he wants to do with that answer. Because it's it's looking like he's yeah. not going to get that answer changed if he's it, already talked about it that many times with him.
0: Definitely does seem that way. If I was in his position, I would be pretty frustrated. Especially, look, you know, I I I just find it really when when you I'm obviously I like you know planning things and organizing things, even if it is like a future sexual experience in a relationship. Yeah. And nothing frustrates me more when someone kind of like make say they're going to do something and then they don't actually do it um and that's different to like a yeah a one-night situation but in a relationship like that I'd personally be pretty frustrated with that and I would be close to saying it's a deal breaker but again I don't know how serious this relationship is and and how much this person means to you so
1: yeah, you can have you. People need to realize that they can have sexual deal breakers, and that'd be fine. Mike's partner has that sexual deal breaker where he's not doing that. And if a guy had told me at the start of a relationship, I go down on women, and then in a relationship with me, he's like, oh, "I don't do that." I would end it. I would not. Nothing to me. <laughs> I'd just be like, "No, we're, we're incompatible." That's it for me. Like um, yeah, same.
0: If a girl said that and didn't do it. It's- yeah. You know, I like, which, I've been lied, like, don't lie to me. Like, that is just Yeah, and
1: th- I'm not going to like, you know, force this poor guy to do that if that's not something he's into. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, am I going to prioritize that over a healthy relationship for me? I would. Um, but for others, they might not. They will be like, well, I'm completely satisfied. I can go without. That's not a problem. So... That's all I've seen, Mike. But let us know. I mean, a few weeks have passed since since he wrote in, so apologies, but I am curious to see where where you're at now. So let us know.
0: This was nearly two months ago that this was sent in. So, I know. I mean, like part of it is, you know, we we (laughs) answer it within twelve months, so you know, we're we're actually very early, (laughs) if anything. So, (laughs) uh, let us know. Um, Kind of articulated our thoughts there, and and I guess briefly we could we can touch on if we. See any observed, even if you observe between straight and same-sex relationships, and what you think you can learn from each mm-hmm. other. Uh, I actually just saying same-sex relationships is reductive to me because I think there's just a massive difference between, at least from what I observe, lesbian relationships and gay relationships, and that's because yeah, when gay relationships are two men, and and this whole podcast is about how men and women are different. And yeah. that's my biggest observation. So I don't think, if anything, I think uh, there's there's probably like gay and lesbian relationships are the most separate and then like straight relationships might be in the middle with a bit what? of relation actually, to gay relationships and a bit of relation to lesbian I relationships. I agree
1: with that, especially when it comes to the courting, like flirtation stage. I know that like anecdotally from from my gay friends that when they are – on Grindr or Meeting Guys, it's instantly flirtatious, very sexual, dick pics in the first three hours kind of vibe. Are you a top? Are you a bottom? And then we'll get to the compatibility stuff later often. This is only, this is just what I've seen in my like circles. And when I was on um, Tinder Dating Women, it's hours and hours of conversation. And if you say something too sexual, then they might be like, that's a red flag. Um, very much the opposite. I will take, you know, they'll take, not me, they would take sometimes days or weeks before they're comfortable to meet you on a date. Um, so it. I think it is very different, interestingly, but you know what, that's that's only my experience. So if you're in, in an LGBTI relationship, write in or comment um, and feel free to correct us on any of the information we've said because we, we're not... Definitely not claiming to be an expert in this area um, or experience with even with clients or anything like that. So, please let me know. Um, curious to see if, if if I've maybe even given wrong information. Please correct me, yeah. um, or if I've hit the nail on the head, let me know again anyway. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Me
0: too. I probably said something that is offensive. Yeah, probably. But you know what? Women. Yeah, probably. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> gay guys have the be- if you live in sydney
1: yeah
0: or melbourne or a capital city i swear they have like the best life okay they yeah. earn way more than the average straight okay this louis ck made a really good joke about this gay men are like more manly than straight men now hands down <laughs> they're better men than straight men they're all very buff they're very yeah. like physically active they're very attractive they're very, yeah. attractive. They're very yeah. good with fashion they're very doing very well in their career they're very yeah. personable. They're very charismatic. They're just better Emotionally men. Emotionally intelligent. They're yeah. like <laughs> the objectively peak. better men yeah. than straight yeah. men. And now any man who's still like, oh, they're pansies. It's like, have you seen their bodies? Yeah. Okay. they are like they will <laughs> bench you, you in a second. Yeah, okay, so like I, I, I'm actually in awe of most gay men. Like they, they really, um seem to be embodying the uh, the everything that they were supposedly, you know, bullied about back in the day, they've turned that around completely and are now killing it, absolutely killing it. And uh, when I – going out with a lesbian like on a night out is like the most fun experience you'll ever have because you don't – you know, when you're out with your boys and, you know – well, there's always that grey area there of what's appropriate talk and what's yeah. inappropriate. But then, when you're with a lesbian, you f- you actually feel so all that goes out of your mind because you're like, yeah. all right, well, there's a woman, so yeah. I don't, you know, we can sit here. And I was at a strip club with a lesbian. It was like the best thing ever because <laughs> I did so not good. feel bad. Like even when I'm with yeah. the guys, even though it is a strip club and that's what you're there to do. But yeah. uh, I, there's still that like little voice inside of me that's like, oh, you know, the objectification, blah blah blah. Yeah, but then yeah, you're there yeah. with a lesbian, and you're like, yeah, look, look, she has got a good she ass. She loves it. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then you feel, uh, you feel really comfortable, actually, if anything. Yeah. So um, I
1: really am loving that. It's in at least in Sydney, Australia, or, or probably Melbourne as well. That straight people or straight men I should say who were still the people that you know project the most violence against LGBTI but a lot of them are really coming really far in learning to love and and seeing how fantastic gay men and gay women are and really appreciating I love that you said that and I know when um Adrian and I went to a party recently and it was Adrian was one of three straight guys and everyone else was um gay man, and adrian's always loved gay people his favorite show is rupaul's drag race he loves it and he was having the time of his life and this one guy i've known for years um he kept being like oh my god you're so handsome and you smell so good he's like you're so muscly and like adrian just left that place feeling the best he's ever felt in his whole life i think he got so gassed up and he was so happy and you know they were all like trying to hold his hand and stuff like that and i was just living life and i just think you know it's beautiful and i think that it's really important that we appreciate everyone anyway i'm not going to go on this big rant about um (laughs) stating the obvious that we need to accept and love the lgbti community but it is also valid and important to recognize how much you know hate and discrimination is still against these communities but you know the more we talk about it the more openly we talk about it i think it's better we should we should you know put more space on our platform in our um podcast to talk about and include conversations about same-sex relationships so well, i'll do i'll do more research i'm gonna do more like yeah. I see
0: i don't know if i agree <laughs> with that because i think we should stick to what we know people should but do when, podcasts but when based we do on more research we
1: will know more it's not or the maybe. same
0: it's not i mean yeah we can and and we do it's not like we don't avoid it entirely but yeah don't you think it's kind of... Okay, I'm only relating this to, say, when, like, white people talk about Indians or something. I'm like, shut up. Okay, just yeah, let the Indians yeah. talk about it. So that's my ethos of it. It's not that I'm trying to avoid it. It's But not we're that.
1: talking about relationships. like, And it's like, you know, when yeah. you talk about, for example culture and or the other day we were talking i don't know what we were talking about and i was saying like oh but you have to take into consideration what was their socioeconomic status what was this like it i think it is a line we're talking about relationships in general and we've had a few people write in about gay relationships so it is it is something that you know the more we know the more we'll talk about i guess we'll continue to keep open-minded but yeah tell us tell us your stories gay people let us let us know so we can reference them
0: have you heard my joke
1: oh no no where i'm like oh it? i've
0: never understood religious people who are like oh you can't you can't go to heaven if you're gay you can't go to heaven it's like have you seen gay men they just like get to have sex whenever they want and they don't have to deal with women they're already in
1: heaven <laughs> that's okay that's good i like it
0: <laughs> there you go ended that's on a joke. on a nice joke that probably see what the reaction is uh <laughs> mike thank you very much for writing in all that <gasps> yes, money going you. straight to charity uh Ooh. so we appreciate that anyone who's got a question neilcohacker.com slash podcasts uh five grand raised in 2021 let's top that okay. so send in your questions we've got shout outs available as well so if you want a business or a social media platform if you're an artist or if you've got your own podcast whatever it may be if you want a shout out we can do that too it's only five dollars a month and grushorganics.com use the code neil We'll see you next time.
1: See you next week. Bye.